Welcome back, everybody, to Story Simple Spirit, a podcast on how to make sense of scripture. My name is John McCambridge, and I am joined, as always, by... I'm Jackie Mitchell. Jackie Mitchell. Jackie, today... Today? We get into the second half of Genesis 30. Yeah. And we are going to see a crazy story of how Jacob kind of uses, like, the greed and lack of kindness that's been displayed so far by Laban against him. Mm. And so we've got ourselves like a reap what you sow situation. Kind of been waiting for it with Laban. Yeah. Don't we just love reaping and sowing? Yeah. Love it here on this podcast. There's a, there was this thing on, on uh, Twitter a few years ago and it was like, me, it was a, me, <laughs> me when so, I'm reaping. Me when I'm, yeah, sowing. When I'm sowing. Yes, this is amazing. <laughs> me when I'm reaping. No, I saw that. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Oh, and then my wife sent me a meme. I don't think this had anything to do with me, but she sent okay. me a meme a couple years ago that was like, uh, just like a picture of a guy's face, and it was like, well, well, well. If it isn't the consequence of my, <laughs> my own, own actions, actions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what we're gonna see here with Laban. Exactly. All right. And so now, before we get into the story about. Laban and Jacob and how all of this is going to go. It is the Christmas season. I know. Christmas is coming up. And you are a music expert. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Who pretends to play the keyboard every yeah, Sunday, right. right? Have we made any progress on that? Like what? Like You still think I'm pra- playing? You playing? think I'm playing well, the tracks still and I'm not actually playing still? I just think that it's you a You still haven't ever seen me. Because there's no reason for that not to be the case. I guess no one would know I'm so far away up on stage. Although like, are you like... I don't know if this is the right terminology. Are you like riffing up there? You it's know, with not the, bands? the right terminology. What is it? What What are you talking about? Am I like, riffing? Are you, with you know, the like band? what? It, like if it's a track, it can't change. Yeah. But if it's you, you can change. And I like can change move it with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So are you doing that? A little. A little. Sounds like it's fake still. A Anyways, um, uh, <laughs> Christmas is one of the best seasons for music. I think. Do you think so? And so, as our podcast resident music expert, mm-hmm. you. Thank uh, you. We were talking about this earlier this week. Some of these old Christmas hymns. Amazing. Some of these hymns Amazing. slap. What is, what is your favorite classic Christmas song? Uh, I have a, a couple. Yeah, good, yeah. I shoot. feel like Mary Did You Know is always good. Oh, you, have, you and okay. I were talking about this okay. because I like all the like ones that, that are in a minor key. Yeah, see, I would call those sad songs. Yeah, Oh Come, Oh Come, Emmanuel yeah. is really good. Oh, man, that it's like eerie good. and like yeah. kind of depressing. Like haunting. haunting. I kind of like stuff I like, like that, it. honestly. I like it. Yeah. Um, hmm. Oh, Holy good. Night. Oh, Holy Night's good. I go Holy Night. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what song I think is kind of good? I actually think this is kind of a new one, but uh, What Child Is This? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's, That's good, good because it it changes modes. What does that mean? Um, it changes. Um, well, I'd, let me let me think about that. If Daniel Wu's listening to this, he he might correct me on this, but I'm pretty <laughs> I'm sure it changes. Clip, so yeah, send him this clip and he'll tell you. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think it changes like, you know, if it's in a minor key, there's a couple different minor keys you can be in. Like uh-huh. you can be in natural minor. You can be in like, there's a couple different minor types of keys you can be in. Yeah. And I think it switches between oh, a couple, wow. which is interesting. It's real funky. Yeah. But you know, even like secular Christmas songs, like have yourself a merry little Christmas. Mm-hmm. What is that? Just the Christmas song. I think it's called like there, <laughs> no there's like really funky chords that you get into that like we just do not get into with like regular pop music and i think that's part oh, of the reason we like christmas music is like there's some interesting like tonal yeah. and like modal changes that we do yeah because i have heard like pop music is kind of like a, it's like sort of it's like, like a, plug and chug yeah like, yeah it's like everyone is like the same yeah if you can play like yeah. six chords like you're good on almost every pop song well i can't 
Well, so get to it. I can't even play pop. I can't even <laughs> play pop music. Uh, now, what I could do is I could play a track and pretend to be playing something like the which keyboard, is what which you is think no, I do. which is not. No, no, I didn't say that. Well, actually, I did say that <laughs> multiple times. But uh, yeah, there's there is something though about Christmas music. It's like the best, like it's like the best, like old tiny yeah. musical yeah. part of the year. Yeah, I mean, like, absolutely. You don't even really get this with like uh, Easter. No, there's not you know? a lot of Easter songs, actually. Now, I mean, there because all songs are, like, all Christian songs are kind of about Easter in a way. Well, and Christmas, I mean. Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of songs about the resurrection in general. <laughs> yeah, there is. So it's kind of like, you don't even need to make Christmas music. There's a lot music, of songs about or, the point of our faith. Yeah, I guess that's about. true, yeah. Um, do, you, uh, do you think, like, when you think of, like, modern worship music, so worship music that's being released right now, is that follow more along the lines of, like the uh, like pop music in terms of it, like what we were talking about earlier, or is it? Does it yeah. fall into yeah? Yeah, yeah. That's why the old hymns into, feel unique. Yeah, you know? old hymns are unique. There's just like a, and it's kind of like there's only one set thing when mm -hmm. you're in a hymn. It's like one. There's a verse and a refrain, mm -hmm. but once you listen to one verse or one refrain, it's like you know the whole song. Yeah. Right. New songs, you can't do that, really. You don't know what's coming next well, sometimes. But some of these old some hymns have like 15 verses. Yeah, that's true. They <laughs> like, keep going on. Because you could just like, you already made the song. So now it's like, yeah. what else can I talk about? Like, about Christ. Like I might our, as well uh, keep going. I know. Our, our modern renditions of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel yeah. have like four verses. The real oh, one yeah. has like nine. Oh, you could just add. And I think people were just adding more as time went on. I feel like to some hymns, it was like, Hey, we uh, we dropped a you new verse. About this part. Dropped a new Amazing Grace verse. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but maybe, maybe I don't know enough about music to dispute it. So it could be could be possible. All right, Jackie. Well, uh, Merry almost Christmas. Next week we Thank actually uh, uh, next week we are recording another episode that kind of goes in this in this progression that we're on right now um, through the story. But then yeah. Christmas Day, which is a Monday, weird. We're still going to drop a story of simple spirit because no days off. We do not take days off. No days off here. Like it doesn't even it doesn't even matter what's happening. We're dropping an episode, and that is actually going to be <laughs> a special Christmas episode where Ooh. Alexander Patterson comes on. Yes, and we are going to discuss the like chronology of the birth of Christ. Oh, he's, he's going to get into some cool stuff based on real astrological events that can be traced. And then that are referenced in the biblical story. Uh, I mean, what's cooler than that? So you think about people Christmas. like looking at stars and stuff and the, like, yeah. you know, like the wise yeah. men and the magi, like these are things that can actually be traced. It's crazy. I think, at least according to Alexander. So we're going to see what he has to say he's about got, this. He's got some cool stuff that he's uh, sent us. So and, I'm excited to hear it. And all through all of the, all of the things that he's doing, he has like a date. <laughs> he has like a specific yeah, date. Yeah, he does. Which That's is going to so be cool. awesome. So I'm excited to hear that. So uh, why don't we why don't we get into the story today? More yeah. more more intrigue today that we're going to see. Mm -hmm. And so uh, before we kind of recap, please like and subscribe to this podcast if you're enjoying it. Give us a review. Share with your family this Christmas season. I mean, what would be a better what gift? What would be a better gift than a free podcast? To walk downstairs in the morning <laughs> and have a recommendation to the Story Symbol Spirit podcast. Uh, the longest running podcast of all time ever. You know, I don't want to say anything too. you know, I, I don't want to give too much away about our family Christmas card this year, but my dad did put story symbol spirit on the Christmas card. Yeah, so you if, you have. Haven't, if you haven't sent out your Christmas cards yet, maybe 
maybe think about including us. I don't know. Oh man, well that is the most important thing that's happened in your life this yeah. year. So <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that he. I'm glad he he did it. So recommend to your family this yeah. Christmas season. Uh, all right, let's recap before we get into the story. Mm-hmm. So um, last week we went through the birth stories of the sons of Jacob, the sons of Israel, and so we kind of saw that Leah is rejected by Jacob. And as God tends to do, God shows her favor mm-hmm. because of this and vindicates her. And so she has children and the first four children that are recorded are from her. There's Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Yeah. And then Rachel uh, has children through surrogate. Mm-hmm. And so she has Dan and Naphtali through her servant, Bilhah. Uh, and then Leah has Gad and Asher through her servant, Zilpah. And so two more births yeah. by surrogacy. Just a lot of births. Then there was a very strange story about the mandrakes or the love apples. Oh, yeah. And uh, Leah conceives again uh, because Rachel sells at night with Jacob to Leah. And so she conceives again and gives birth to Issachar. Mm -hmm. uh, And then later again to to Zebulun. And so she has two more sons. And then the first daughter, Dina. Yeah. Which is the the female version of Dan. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, in terms of the name. And then finally at the very end, uh, Rachel gave birth to Joseph. Mm-hmm. And this was, what was significant about Joseph? We'll see him a lot more in the we end of the story. We'll see him a lot more. And he's, you, you guys know, know Joseph. You guys probably. know Joseph. You know his, his coat, at least. His sick outfit. But yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he is also the only son so far that is from Rachel, not, yes. not Sergis. Yeah, right? which when you get into Jacob's love for um, Joseph kind of makes yeah, sense, right? Totally. Yeah, Once we get down totally. to the... And so there's 11 sons and one daughter at this point. There is one more son on the way, but we're not there yet. Yeah, and same later. So he ends up being a lot younger. Yeah. Um, kind of yeah. A, a miracle baby at the end. Yeah. And so the, the family is becoming a nation, which was the promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fertility that has been promised begins to come to fruition with Jacob. And now all these sons are here. Remember, we kept looking at like uh, Abraham's brother <laughs> and uh, Ishmael. And yeah. they all have all these kids, but then the seed line doesn't have that many kids, right? right? And now finally that's starting to change and you see 12 sons yeah. from Jacob who who is the cedar, at least you see 11 so far. Uh, but there's still this problem in terms of their life right now. What's the problem that, they're, that they need to address? Well, Jacob's still like a servant. Yeah. yeah. He's not, he doesn't have his own household really. He's stuck really. to Laban. Yeah. And kind of like- His father-in-law. Yeah, it's imagine? like a bad deal. Like he's not even <laughs> treating him well really. Yeah. And so his se- his second seven years are up, I believe. Okay. They're yeah. about to be up. And so we're going to see this episode if he's allowed to leave. I hope. Yeah. Because he has his wife. Yeah. And now he has children. But will he be permitted to go back to the land of Canaan? Yeah. And, you know, kind of do what God has told him to do. So so uh, we'll see. So let's, uh, let's begin um, Genesis 30 verses 25 through 26. And we'll pause. Mm-hmm. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I have served you and I will be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. Give me my wife. Give me wife, my wives. (laughs) It's the second time he's made this demand (laughs) of Laban. And so Jacob goes to Laban, asks him to go back to his land, right? To go back to Canaan. And there's kind of a question like, why doesn't he stay there with Laban? Mm. Maybe because they don't get along. Yeah. <laughs> but but also, like, I mean, because Laban really hasn't treated him very well so far. Right. right? Like, the relationship yeah. has been fraught. There's been deceit. To say the least. Probably yeah. strife. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was tricked. 
<laughs> sort of into a Leah. <laughs> kind of hold a grudge for a long time yeah, over that. I, I mean, would say. that's that's a that's that's quite a thing to do to somebody. And and then he was given, you know, both of Laban's daughters, but not before fourteen years of work. I know. I mean, how old is he now? He's got to be he's like old. He's yeah. not a young man, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, second of all, you know, besides the fact that they probably don't get along very well, uh, Jacob is the the covenant carrier. You know, right. he's a carrier of the promise. And so he's not just a man who's trying to get on in life. He's the seed. Mm-hmm. And the covenant of God goes through him. And what land has God promised to give the seed? Canaan. Canaan. Yeah. And so this is where Abraham settled. This is where Isaac settled. This is where the future is. This is what the, the place that's going to be their home. So it's time to go back. Mm-hmm. It's time to move forward with the covenant and the plans of God. And he reminds Laban how much work he's already done for him. Yeah. And so let's see. Yeah, he says, you know how much work I've done for you. 70, 14 years it's of my like life. Some like anger in that. Uh, and so let's see how Laban responds. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I've learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He added, name your wages and I will pay them. Jacob said to him, you know how I have worked for you and how your livestock has fared under my care. The little you had before I came has increased greatly and the Lord has blessed you wherever I've been. But now, when may I do something for my own household? So, you know, Laban's still treating him like a hired hand. Like he has both of his daughters. He has yeah. all these grandchildren. And he's like, can you stay and work for me more? Can you stay and work for me? I'll pay you. Like that was the that was yeah. the initial problem, right? That was yeah. kind of like the initial breakdown in the relationship. So it's very strange. It's very odd. And also I like that Laban starts out by saying, if I found favor in your eyes, which like, I want to be like, no, you haven't. Like, I don't think you I think, have. I think this might be one of those, like, you know, like uh, uh, the Southern thing where it's like, bless her heart. And I know. you say something He's terrible like, if about If I found her, favor yeah. in your eyes. And it's like, we both know I haven't. If I, yeah. <laughs> but if I have. If I found favor in your eyes, can you please let me manipulate you a little bit more for my own gain yeah, and literally. personal uh, striving. And so J- he's trying to convince Jacob to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he mentions something kind of strange that yeah. I just want to point out because this is like a textual thing mm-hmm. that, that people talk about in commentaries a lot. He says that he has learned by divination yeah. that the Lord has, has blessed him because of, uh, because of Jacob. And so, um, this is kind of interesting. Like we mentioned this, do you remember the episode we did about the serpent in the I garden? Do. Like yeah. who the serpent was yeah. and all the things that, that, the Hebrew, you know, the three-letter Hebrew root could mean. One of them, nachash, is to divine, mm. right? To, mm-hmm. to divinate, maybe. And uh, so, so this, is, this is that word, nachash. Mm. And so um, it's magical activity. Mm. And there's some disagreement amongst commentators on how to interpret what Laban says here, but I think it's pretty clear that Laban is probably using divination. Yeah, some kind of like ritualistic yeah. thing. Yeah, yep. And so you see this still in voodoo. Mm-hmm. You see this in, you know, Wiccan mm-hmm. religion or like even like the kind of like modern renaissance of paganism mm-hmm. where, you know, you 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 are doing some kind of ritual where something is shown to you yeah. by, you know, the spirits that you're engaging with. And then he says, God showed him it, right? Right. And so I, you know, I... <laughs> Attributing it to Yahweh, you know, some kind of omen seeking through these means and then saying it's yeah. Yahweh, I don't, that's probably not very, like a good sign. No, I don't think so. But he kind of seems shady anyways. Exactly, exactly. That's kind of what we've seen from him so far. So I think that is kind of what this means. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that word tends to mean throughout the Hebrew Bible. Now, it is possible that that word can have like the semantic range of meaning kind of like reading the tea leaves. Mm-hmm. 
which is kind of what we say, where it's like we're just kind of piecing together the puzzle of what we observe Mm -hmm. and making conclusions based on it, discerning the omens that are in front of us. So like he's had Jacob look after all his stuff and now he has lots more stuff. And he's like, I discern from this that you (laughs) (laughs) are good for my flock. It is possible that that's what he's saying. That's just not typically what Nachash means. Okay. That word Mm -hmm. that that they translate here is divination. So um, I think it's probably some kind of like magic that he's, that he's doing. And that kind of tracks with the character of, of, uh, tracks with what we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Just not particularly godly and gracious. But um, Laban says that, you know, regardless that Yahweh has told him that he's blessed because of Jacob, which is actually true. That he's blessed because of Jacob. Yeah. yeah, that is true. And so this was true of Abraham as well. If you remember, Abimelech did not want Abraham to leave. Yes. Yeah. And that's because Abraham showed up and all of a sudden everybody was blessed. Yeah. Everything was doing well. Yeah. And Lot ran into problems when he separated from Abraham mm-hmm. because the blessings of God go through his seed, at mm-hmm. least in terms mm-hmm. of this covenant story that's happening right now. And so, you know, Yahweh's blessed one brings blessings. Yeah. That's, and actually that's what the church is supposed to be today, mm-hmm. right? So we're supposed to be the blessed one who brings the blessings and people who are connected to the church are supposed to feel those blessings. But this is the point of Yahweh's chosen people. And so uh, if you remember his, God's initial call to Abraham, he said that, you know, I'm going to make you a nation, I'll bless you, and then you will bless the nations. Yes. And so what we've seen so far is that when his people get within the context of other nations, they are blessed. When they do stuff right, yeah. yeah. When they carry the, the other, covenant well. Right, and the yeah. other nations are blessed because mm-hmm. of them. And so you kind of see that here with Laban, but but Jacob's like, yeah, but like... When can I do stuff for my own household? Can I have my own life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not exactly, like you said earlier, he's not exactly a young man at this point. He has, no. wi- he has wives. What, 11, 12 children? He has, 12 he children? has family? Yeah. I believe that Ruben, I think the story of the Mandrake said that he was like 13. Yeah. So like I mean, he's, old, this right? is like, So like yeah. his kids are growing up. It's, it's, it's time to go. He's ready to go. Yeah. And now Laban's negotiating with him. So let's do 31 through 36 and see how these negotiations go. What shall I give you? He asked. Don't give me anything, Jacob replied. But if you will do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. Let me go through all of your flocks today and remove from them every speckled or spotted sheep, every dark colored lamb, and every spotted or speckled goat. They will be my wages. Mm. My honesty will testify for me in the future whenever you check on the wages you have paid me. Any goat in my possession that is not speckled or spotted or any lamb that is not dark colored will be considered stolen. Agreed, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. The same day he removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had white on them and all the dark colored lambs, and he placed them in the care of his sons. Then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob continued to tend to the rest of Laban's flocks. So so Laban won't really take no for an answer. Yeah. Uh, How do you handle those situations, Jackie? When someone won't take no for an answer? Do you offer them some kind of intricate deal like this? Yeah, I haven't, but maybe I should. Maybe that's what I need to do. Okay, fine. Let's do something that would be incredibly tedious for you to to go through then. Fine. Yeah, so... uh, Jacob, who has proven himself crafty before, yeah, devises a plan. You know, he's he is like, even though we kind of went through all that stuff with the fact that he's not quite as deceitful as we sometimes make those stories out to be, he is certainly a like a he crafts plans. Yeah, I feel like it's crafty. Jacob, growing up, um, he was depicted as like 
deceptive in some regards. But mm. I think the the other thing that went along with him was also that he was like fairly smart. Like yeah. he seems pretty intelligent. I yeah, mean, well, he didn't catch the, the the wife swap thing, but other than that, he seems pretty intelligent. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe blame that on alcohol. <laughs> Uh, but I think a good word for this is shrewd. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. he's pretty shrewd. And, uh, remember what we talked about last time to deal shrewdly with Satan and tyrants is a good thing mm -hmm. to be shrewd and manipulative <clears throat> against people who have less power than you yeah. is satanic. Yeah. But to use that against someone who is kind of like moving against the covenant, that's a good thing. And yeah. so it kind of seems like Jacob has something in mind here. Yeah. He's got a shrewd plan that he's mm -hmm. working out. And it has to do with these speckled sheep. Yeah, so he wants to take all of them for himself, right? Yeah. He wants kind of like the imperfect sheep. Yeah, so he says that he's going to take... Yes, yeah, exactly. So I I think... And, and one of the things that this comes from commentary. So like I'm not an expert in animal husbandry, believe it or not. But no. uh, in terms of the commentaries, you know, what they say is that the dominant gene is white mm -hmm. for sheep. But there is a recessive trait that can make them spotted and speckled, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so because the dominant gene uh, is white, most of the sheep are going to be white. Mm -hmm. And so what Jacob says is like, you know, basically like, um, I'm going to take the bad end of the steel. Yeah. I'll look after your sheep. And at the end of my time looking after them, I'll just take the speckled ones. Mm -hmm. I'll take the spotted ones, which that's harder to produce, right? Mm -hmm. It's less likely to produce. And so Laban kind of thinks this is a great deal. <laughs> it's like impossible to cheat on. Yeah, he says agreed right away. So, yeah. yeah, sure. So Laban probably envisions Jacob leaving this deal with just a few sheep. Yeah. And his sheep will continue to grow and grow and grow under what has turned out to be very cheap labor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so when this doesn't happen, which we'll start to see next chapter, we'll see that Laban starts changing the terms and conditions mm -hmm. of the deal because he's not an honest man. Uh, but here, so, so that's kind of like the deal that Jacob puts in front of Laban, mm -hmm. that he'll take the speckled and spotted sheep at the end of his time caring for the flock. Laban can have all of the, the white sheep, right? Mm -hmm. So let's do 37 through 39. Jacob, however, took fresh cut branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then he placed the peeled branches in all the watering troughs so that they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flock was when the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they made it in front of the branches. They bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Yeah, so this is very strange, mm -hmm. right? This is one of those things that gives people fits in terms of trying to read the Bible. So to clarify, though, right now Jacob is still tending to like Laban separated the flocks, but Jacob is tending to the all white flock of Laban's. That's the correct. Deal. Yeah, because it's so, kind of hard to read that in the that almost like trips me up because it sounds like he takes them for himself, but he's still tending for Laban's flocks as of right now. That's, that's right. Okay. So, um, so, so all of the, all of the, the speckled and spotted mm -hmm. sheep were removed by Laban. Yes, but they were given to Laban's sons, correct? Right, right now, like Jacob doesn't have them. Right. Yet. And he sent like three miles away. So the reason that he does that is because he's trying to enrich himself. Yeah. Right. If he leaves all the speckled and spotted sheep, then you know that they have the recessive gene. And so it's more likely that they're going to produce, mm -hmm. right? It would be like, it's like the same kind of the same thing with eye color. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, blue eyes are less common mm -hmm. than brown eyes because it's a recessive gene. Yeah. So if I said, all right, well, you know, we're going to do something that's going to create a bunch of like, if I'll take the blue eyes and you take the brown eyes 
and then you took all the blue-eyed people and removed them, yeah. it would be very unlikely that I would then produce yeah. a bunch of blue-eyed yeah. people, right? So, um, so that's this is what Laban has done. So he's already sort of like not fighting fair. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yet, Jacob has a very unique method of breeding. Yes. Where he takes the poplar and almond branches and peels the bark off of them mm-hmm. and then places the branches in the watering troughs. Mm-hmm. And then the flocks uh, would, would come and, and drink and mate in front of the branches that are in the, in the water. And they bore young who were streaked or speckled or spotted. Interesting. Yeah. So... This is often pointed at as some kind of like folk medicine, you know, like uh, some kind of ancient example of how ancient people were stupid, mm. you know. And usually when we as modern people look at things like that and we make that judgment, we're almost always wrong about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there is a way to read this where it seems like what he's saying is that Jacob is making the branches spotted or speckled or streaked by peeling them. And then he's putting them in front of the mating animals. And then somehow because... The, the thing that looks like it is in front of them, they create offspring that look like mm, that, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's a way that this that this can be read. But again, I think that like it's really important for us to remember that not only were ancient people not stupid, mm-hmm. but in terms of like agricultural familiarity, natural processes, they were much smarter than we are. Yeah, for sure. Because um, we're like alienated by technology, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't know how the soil works. Oh yeah, no clue. Well, farmers in the ancient world did know how the soil works. Yeah. We don't really, like you and I, Jackie, not a lot of knowledge in terms of how to breed sheep. No, I couldn't do it. But shepherds. <laughs> came down to it. Yeah. They know how to do it. Yeah, he's a shepherd. I mean, he's been That's tending he is, his flocks right? for, what, 14 years. Exactly. So, he, yeah. knows, he, know, he knows what he's doing. And so, so let's see what's going on here. So what he does is he peels the poplar branches and the almond branches and he puts them in the watering troughs. Mm-hmm. And then the females come to drink the water while in heat. And then, you know, the way that it works is then the males come up behind Mm -hmm. and they mate. And so the branches are in the water. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that's kind of interesting is that it has been shown or at least pointed to in studies, like modern scientific studies, that poplar and almond supplementation has been proven beneficial to conception and Mm. gestation, especially for lambs. (laughs) Interesting. So there's vitamins and minerals in the wood, um, that that seems to help with conception and pregnancy and birth, um, and and there's you know there's some studies that you can look at that mm-hmm. will point you in this direction. Uh, have you ever heard of like pregnant women will sometimes I can't remember what it's called, but it's like an iron deficiency. They're anemic. Yeah, I think yeah. that or like their body craves iron, and oh, so yes, yeah. Sometimes when your body craves iron, you want to like chew on like wood. Yeah, like you want to pick up like mulch, and so sometimes how that manifests in a pregnant woman modern is they want to chew ice. Mm-hmm. So like Carmen, who works here, when she was pregnant back in like 2017, she was like chewing ice all the time. Oh, that's so kind interesting. Like, like your body craves things. And it like, yeah. Uh, you can't articulate. Yeah. Right? And so if indeed it's true that whatever, you know, kind of like medicinal benefits are in this wood mm-hmm. and, and you know, that wood is steeping mm-hmm. in this water, then it would make sense that the lambs want to come and drink it. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, he's increasing the likelihood that they will produce. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, if the, the, the reproductive rate and success, right, might, might be enhanced by mm-hmm. this method. Mm-hmm. Um, but if most of the sheep are white. Yeah. Laban removed all the speckled sheep. Then, uh, yeah. Then how do, then how does he know which, then how does he make them come out spotted and speckled? Yeah. Right? 
It's interesting. So like we talked about earlier, in terms of genetics, the speckled or spotted characteristic is probably a recessive gene, Mm -hmm. which means it's in there. Yeah. Or it might be in there. Yeah. Uh, But you don't know. Mm-hmm. So like if, you know, again, with the, with the eye color thing, if you have brown eyes, um, but your one of your parents has blue eyes, mm-hmm. you probably have the recessive have gene, gene for blue, even yeah. though you present your eyes present mm-hmm. brown. Uh, but if both your parents have brown eyes, you don't, mm-hmm. at least it's very unlikely mm-hmm. that that gene gets passed forward. Right. And so the same is probably, you know, probably true of this. And so even though the sheep are white, it is possible that they have this recessive gene that can make them spotted. And so the problem is that you would have to know which ones have the recessive gene, which mm-hmm. you probably can't know by looking at them. No. Right. So how does Jacob do this? Um, what we, what we have seen so far from Jacob is he is a man who has visions. Mm-hmm. And so um, he saw Jacob's ladder, mm-hmm. right? He's going to have this weird experience where he wrestles with God mm-hmm. later in the way that he blesses his sons at the end of his life. It seems like he's seeing yeah, really. something. And so, you know, Jacob is the chosen one of God at this point in in redemptive history. And so he has a relationship with God. And so part of what's happening here with even something like this, the the procreation of sheep and and goats, is that God is miraculously moving in Mm -hmm. Jacob's life because Jacob is the seed carrier. Yeah, absolutely. And Laban's a tyrant. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it is not that these sticks are being put in front of the sheep that are and the sticks are speckled and spotted and striped, and so the sheep are producing speckled and mm-hmm. spotted and striped sheep. It's that you know Jacob is breeding the way that he knows how, and uh, um, God is providentially moving mm-hmm. in this story. Mm-hmm. And so I think we'll probably talk about this at the end. But this is you know the podcast is called Story Simple Spirit, and so like we don't have to pretend that there's always a natural explanation that can be proven by science for every single thing that happens. I believe that God moves Mm -hmm. and that God is active. And so of course God's active in the story of his covenant carrier. Absolutely. And so he is, you know, blessing Jacob and to some degree cursing the tyrant in Jacob's life. Yeah, really. Right. And so I kind of think that's what's going on here. Again, limited expertise from me. In, uh, uh, in the sheep world, you're the not, sheep world, you're not yeah, in and that genetics world. and all of that. That's not exactly my not a big my forte, sheep guy. Okay. but that that's kind of you know from what I've read, what is probably going on here. Yeah, yeah. And so let's do um, forty through forty three, and I believe that's it. I believe that's the end of the chapter. So let's finish up. Jacob set apart the young of the flock by themselves, but made the rest face the streaked and dark colored animals that belonged to Laban. Thus, he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. Whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches in the troughs in the front of the animals so that they would mate near the branches. But if the animals were weak, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones to Jacob. Mm. In this way, the man grew exceeding, exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. Yeah, so if it is if it is true that you know, the, the, these woods have some kind of medicinal mm-hmm. benefit to them, then it does make sense that the animals instinctually go to the trough mm-hmm. when the wood is in there, mm-hmm. right? Because that's kind of the same reason we gravitate mm-hmm. towards the things that our bodies need. Yeah. And so I think that's like, again, like I think that's what's going on yeah. here is it's like, okay, he wants these sheep to mate because they're the stronger ones. So that's when he puts the wood in the, mm-hmm. 
in the water and that attracts them and they go over and they start to drink and that's when the mating happens yeah. from 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 the males. And so um his his plan uh, extends to the strength of the animals as well, right? If you've ever been around somebody who like breeds like animals mm. or like works on a farm, like they can actually tell which females and which males are like going to be good at producing offspring. Yeah. There's, there's a science to mm -hmm. it. Right. And so he's a shepherd. He knows this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like he knows the stuff the way you and I know the stuff that we deal mm -hmm. with. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he's kind of like uh, going through this applied genetics program, mm -hmm. he's putting his sheep through mm -hmm. to create two separate flocks, one strong for him <laughs> and one weak for Laban. Yeah. So this is where his plan starts to come together. Yeah. And so, uh, um, that's all that I think is going on here. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I think that God is moving miraculously. I think that uh, Jacob trusts God and Jacob is also using his expertise in terms of breeding and in terms of understanding how that works in, in the world of shepherding to create what he wants to create to bring prosperity to himself. I think it's a good um, example of how we are to work with God. We're not just supposed to sit back and act dumb right like right. we we have expertise and we can like work and mm. do good works right but god still moves miraculously but we still have work to do and we can right. still use our knowledge and our expertise so That's, i think it's an interesting picture of how we can also work with god today. absolutely because he doesn't just sit down and say and like pray and god say, please make these sheep reproduce and make them reproduce speckled sheep and then yeah. just like sit there he's a shepherd yeah so he shepherds in communion with God, mm -hmm. trusting him, like mm -hmm. you said. And so anything in, in our lives that we want to come about for godly purposes, um, we are supposed to tap into God and we are supposed to trust in his power and we are supposed to ask and to pray and to knock and to seek. And yet we are also supposed to move. Yeah, because we've been given the gift of, yeah. you know, all of all of our strengths and all yeah. of our, you know, our knowledge. God's already given us, in yeah. a way, a lot of the answers to some things that we ask for. Right. Like, um, you know, we, we're sitting right now in a building that was built by our church mm -hmm. through like years and years of fundraising and campaign and building and mm -hmm. generosity cultivation yeah. and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, there's this thing that it felt like we were being led by God to do mm -hmm. and to, for people to move into a lifestyle of generosity is a miracle. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a miracle from God. Yeah. Only God in the spirit of God can move in someone's heart and transform them in that way. And yet the church leaders were still called to like make the call. And just because you raised the money, someone still had to physically build the yeah, building. You didn't just have the money exactly. and say, God, I pray that someone. Oh, I pray the building comes up. Yeah. And we've got the money, up. God. I just pray that it pops up now. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so sometimes people are like, do you think that means that God can't make a building pop up? And I, this is what I say. Yeah. It has nothing to do with whether he can or can't. But in my theological opinion, he won't. He's, I mean, up until this point in the story, all he does is work with humans. He works right? with humans. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're supposed, we're images. That was our call in the garden. And yeah. So like, that's what, you know, that's how this, it's a participatory mm -hmm. world that he's created and we participate in God and with God and things. And so. Yeah. And how much more fun. It's I great. mean, for us, right? Would yeah. we really love if we just sat around and asked God to do things and then he right. did? Maybe for like a couple days. Yeah. So our lead pastor here, Joel Kovacs has this, 
this thing that irritates him when people are kind of like, you do something and someone's like, hey, good job. And then the person's like, no, man, it's all God, all God. And he's kind of like, well, yes. Yeah. Because like everything about you and what you do is a gift of God. And I'm sure that you partnered with God in this, but like also like you're an image. Mm -hmm. So you do things. So technically like, no, not all God. Like all by the grace of God and all about and all for the glory of God, but like also like you're an image of God that has these capacities within mm-hmm. you to touch the world and to change it. Like Jacob knows how to breed sheep. Mm-hmm. And so God is certainly moving in this mm-hmm. and there are miraculous things happening, but but Jacob is still breeding mm-hmm. sheep because he knows how to do that. And yeah. that's what it means to be an image. And so um so we will uh continue this saga next time. But here here's what I want us to take away from today. Uh, Jacob is not like an unintelligent, ancient simpleton, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the way that people sometimes act when they read the story about sticks and wood Mm -hmm. and all of this. Um, He's not putting the wood in front of the sheep because he thinks that if they mate in front of something that looks a certain way, their offspring will look like that. Mm -hmm. That's, he's not dumb. Mm -hmm. Um, He actually understands the medicinal value to some degree, whether intuitively or whatever. Uh, to that specific wood. But but even so, the reason that Jacob's plan is working is because of God. Mm-hmm. Jacob is moving, but God is the one who is behind all of it. And it is the grace of God that allows all this to happen. And so one beautiful thing about Story Symbol Spirit, which we talked about earlier, is that we don't feel the need to explain away the miraculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quote-unquote miraculous, because mm-hmm. I kind of have a problem with that word, actually. But mm. uh, Jacob becomes prosperous here because God is on his side. Mm-hmm. And Laban is going to be less prosperous because God is not on Laban's side mm-hmm. because Laban is a tyrant. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is how it works out, mm-hmm. right? And so as we go forward next week, Genesis 31 is the last episode we'll do before Christmas and then we'll have our Christmas spectacular. Whoa. Maybe that's what we'll call it. Is that what the, what's the Rockettes thing called? Isn't that called know. like the Christmas spectacular or something? like the, Radio City yeah. Christmas special or Christmas uh, spectacular. I don't know. Something be. like that. But anyways, Maybe. that that whatever the Rockettes <laughs> are doing can't hold a candle to what we're about to do. <laughs> well, we're about to drop on Christmas if Day. If you're gonna watch the Rockettes instead, turn on Story Symbol yeah, Spirit don't even is what we're saying. Going to New York. So who can kick their legs? Wow, cool. Can they talk about the chronology of the birth of Jesus? I don't, don't think so. Don't hit us against the Rockettes. I don't want the Rockettes <laughs> We're coming anti-grapes, not the anti-Rockettes podcast. Let's go. <laughs> we're not. We're not. We like you guys. Sorry. <laughs> I, I put myself <laughs> Doing put PR in. right now. Like, we're good. We like the Rockettes. All right. You can release a press release later, but but I am- He didn't uh, mean what he I'm said. Against, I'm against Radio City Music Hall <laughs> in its entirety at this point. I don't even remember why. I don't know What are we doing right now? That. All right. Uh, so next week we continue with this story and, uh, next week, Jacob's actually going to reveal some of what God has shown him. Yeah. And so we're going to get some of the answers to the questions that we sort of posed today about like, well, how did Jacob know this was going to work and why is he doing the things he's doing? And you know, the spoiler is that cause God told him to, as <laughs> though <laughs> <laughs> so he's being obedient to God. And that is what we have always seen. Uh, and so we're going to, we're, we're like quickly approaching like into the new year, Jacob's going to get back to his homeland. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to start to see the, I guess maybe what you would call the hijinks of his sons as they grow oh, up, yeah. which is also always very interesting, yeah. right? Oh yeah. 
And so I actually think that Genesis all the way through is super intriguing. Very interesting. Because it's like families and it's people. Like and like crazy family drama. Yeah, drama. Like you just have never seen. It's like insane. And then obviously the Exodus is exciting, mm-hmm. which is the second book of the Bible. And then usually people start to get bored when we get to Leviticus. I heard a, I heard a pastor say that uh, we're going to, I want you to open your, your Bibles this morning to Leviticus uh, otherwise known as the book of the Bible that stops everyone's read the Bible in a year. Yeah. Reading plan. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we're good through Exodus. This is kind of cool. Is, okay. Really cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Here's 613 laws. God, like, oh, never mind. I, I'll, I'll try again I'm next done, year. I'm done. <laughs> so, anyways, like we have like a lot. Basically, we have another year to go of exciting, exciting stories. Stuff still happening. Like this stuff is come. all. This yeah. stuff is all pretty cool. And I, and I hope it's been cool, you know, so far this year to see what some of this stuff means and mm-hmm. to just like it's interesting to put yourself in the position of these like regular people mm-hmm. that are a part of extraordinary things mm-hmm. in the plan of yeah. God. It's pretty cool. So, uh, you got anything else for for today? Any other? Uh, tips on breeding sheep or anything like that, Jackie? I don't think I have any. All no, good? I think I'm good. Any other <laughs> uh, um, any other insults against the Rockettes? I don't know why you no, hate them so No, we love the Rockettes. Much. Sorry. That's your problem is with sorry, the, radio like the City music perfect, personally. Sorry. But, um, all right. Well, that's all we got for you today. And we will see you guys next week on Story Symbol Spirit. Mm-hmm.